Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, there was some breaking news, of course, on Monday. The Bucks released Gerald McCoy after nine seasons, a guy that made six Pro Bowls. For the Buccaneers, former number three overall pick back in 2010. He is gone. The Bucs not wanting to pay his $13 million that were due in 2019. He is now a free agent and will be chasing a ring, certainly to get lots of interest. Who is the next player to come in here and replace Gerald McCoy? Could it be the guy that was drafted ahead of him, number two overall by the Detroit Lions back in 2010, Indomakong Sioux? We got all of that Gerald McCoy news and what's going to happen with the Bucks on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. So give them a call at 727-862-2100 and take advantage of this great offer on a brand new quality train air conditioning unit or to schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. All right, Steve, the news of Gerald McCoy breaking on Monday afternoon, and this was not really unexpected, but by the same token, um, I guess it was it's still a little bit hard to digest in some respects. I mean, Gerald McCoy, a lot of people, you know, may not have thought all that highly of him for for a myriad of reasons we can get into, but at the end of the day, this is still one of the the best players that the Bucks have had in their franchise history. I mean, a six-time pro bowler, you don't cut those guys very often. I mean, I, we all remember, you know, Derek Brooks being released and um, you know, John Lynch and Warren Sapp, you know, being released. I mean, so there's been some iconic players Two of those guys are first ballot Hall of Famers, so obviously a lot of guys eventually move on. Simeon Rice was cut by this team. But by the same token, he's of that ilk. Uh, there's not many guys who you can say when they leave that, well, eventually their name's going to be on the stadium. Gerald McCoy is one of those. And you figured that it might end like this. It felt like a divorce. But after the Justin Pierre-Paul stuff of a couple weeks ago, I wasn't really sure. i got to be honest with you. I thought there was a time. And, and I've, I've known – I've kind of been – plugged in on what was going on for some time can really say it um you know i've got a good relationship with gerald mccoy and and have covered him for all nine years um and so i knew sort of what you know was going on behind the scenes but uh you know there was no way they were going to trade this player at 13 million dollars they made it clear they didn't want to pay him that so most teams knew that he was probably going to be released and, and eventually he was and yet there's still there's still some bittersweetness to this. Like, on the one hand, you're kind of happy that McCoy now will have a chance to go on and, 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 and choose the team that best fits him and, and, that, and that he's going to have a chance to chase a ring and sign with a contender. Um, but by the same token, I'm not sure whoever the Bucks bring in after McCoy, for this season at least, is going to be that much better, to be honest with you, if not, if not as good. 
you know, it's kind of the whole Donovan Smith argument we had when they re-signed him. Right. It's, if if you don't think he's the best, okay, but who are you going to sign that's better? Sure. And and I don't know. I don't think. I mean, you know, and Dominican Sue's the big name, of course, mm-hmm. and, and and Gerald and him will always be tied together as going number two and three in the draft. Yep. But I don't think Dominican Sue's better than Gerald McCoy at this point. Statistically, he certainly isn't. He's a different. He's always been a different type mm-hmm. of player. He's more of a bulk guy. He's you know you, you could say arguably a better run defender. He's not an up the field guy. Certainly not a pass rusher at all. Um, you know, I was going through the numbers. I mean, Sue the last two years had four and a half sacks each of the last two years. Got paid fourteen and a half million by the Rams last year, and they didn't attempt to re-sign him, as far as I know. Um, but just in terms of numbers, I think you know Gerald McCoy has. 54 and a half career sacks, right? And he did that in 123 games. That's he's only one and a half sacks shy of Indomitian Sue, who played in 33 more games. I mean, think about that. 33 more games. What would Gerald McCoy's sack numbers be? You know, they they far eclipse what Indomitian Sue has. I mean, that's almost that's two and a half seasons, uh, or or no, it's at least well 16. It's two seasons. Yeah, anyway. two seasons. Yeah. So if you add 12 sacks to McCoy's numbers, even at six sacks a year. Which is what he's done the last two seasons. And you had twelve sacks to that. You're at sixty-seven and a half. You know, so you're well eclipsed to what Sue had produced. So, from a pass rush standpoint, I don't think he's necessarily the player. We'll see if that's the way it's going. I mean, there were a lot of reports out there, including by uh, Thomas Bassinger on our staff, that uh, that the Bucks were close to a deal with him and uh, for somewhere around one year, ten million dollars or something like that. And that's the difference: is that. Maybe McCoy's better than Sue, but you have to take the financial implications into account because the Bucks are cap strapped. They are. So and maybe you're getting a lesser player, but you're getting him for three million dollars cheaper. You're getting for cheaper and McCoy and, and this is what it came down to. Okay, so these guys have been talking for a while, right? And there's been some rhetoric and some things that caused some bad feelings, I think, between McCoy and, and some of the things that Bruce Arians said. And look, Bruce Bruce Arians doesn't know Joe McCoy. He, he knows what he's seen on tape. He met him when he came into the building to be head coach. Um, he knows he's a great guy. He's heard what he's done for the community. But in terms of just, you know, evaluating him, um, you know, going to a 3-4 and, and, and some projections there, watching the film, which wasn't great last year. He had six sacks. He still led the team with 21 quarterback uh, hits. But, uh, you know, at some point early on, I think Arians probably figured, you know what, he's not a $13 million player. And let's start with that. So they're up against the cap. He's uh, got $13 million that's not guaranteed. So if you, if you do something with him, you're going to get you know, um, some, some salary cap bonus from that. And so that leaves you with the choice of saying to McCoy, okay, uh, we, we, we still like you as a player. We don't like you at $13 million. You know, It's kind of like when you go shopping. It's like, you know, I really like that painting. I don't like it at, at $5,000. You know? So... Um, that's you know that they everybody gets a value and 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 they kind of whatever that number was it was less than 13 million so then their options are you go to gerald and you say would you stay for less than what we have already agreed to pay you um which is also ironic that the the, these teams sign these deals and you know really they they don't honor them but they expect the player to honor them and and i think at that point you know mccoy was like well wait a minute if i'm going to take less money which it's not about the money with him. I mean, he's made over $100 million in his career. He's not a guy that's real extravagant in his taste. He doesn't own five homes, um, 25 cars, and that sort of thing. 
So, you know, this is not – he's got generational money uh, to the point where whatever he's getting paid next season from anybody is not going – he probably won't even see it. You know, his grandkids might see it, but he won't. Um, so, at that point, he's like, well, wait. We haven't been to the postseason in 11 years. I've been here, you know, for nine of those years. And if I'm going to take less money, I'd rather say take my chances with the New England Patriots or, you know, maybe uh, – the maybe the LA Rams, maybe the Dallas Cowboys, maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, but not really, maybe the New Orleans Saints, who are in the same NFC South, and I know the NFC South, and it would be kind of fun to come back into Raymond James twice, you know, play them twice a year as well. So, you know, he he knows he can get get paid. Now, what the Bucks did, and what they what they will tell you they did eventually, is that they realized. And Arians, you know, helped kill his value with some of the things he said. But they realized we're not going to be able to trade Joe McCoy, not at thirteen million. No one is paying thirteen million because the first time you pick up the phone um, and and want to make a player available for a trade, you're telling them what we're going to cut the guy. We we don't think he's worth what we owe him. So at one point in trying to to you know to not force a trade to some team that Joe don't want to play for. Um, and I would maintain that would be nobody wants to pay that price. They allowed uh, Ben Dogra, his agent, to call other teams and and seek a trade. And what he's really doing is it's like, you know, hey, uh, it's Ben. I represent Gerald McCoy, among other players. Look, uh, you know, would you have an interest in trading for him? No. Okay. But you know what? If he becomes a free agent, call us back. We have a lot of interest in Gerald McCoy. But we're not going to give, you know, both pay the player $13 million and then have to give something else to the Bucks for the right uh, to get a guy that we know if we just hold tight, we're going to probably get in a couple of weeks anyway. So as soon as that call is made, the whole league knows that Gerald McCoy is going to be released. And I think timing is everything in the NFL. And, and my guess is a couple of things happened. I think this would have been over a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I expected it to be. But then came the night of September 2nd. And Jason Pierre-Paul driving his Ferrari at 2 a.m. on I-95 in Fort Lauderdale. You mean gets May a patch 2nd. of water. May 2nd. May 2nd. I'm sorry. What did I say? September? Yeah. Jesus. I'm way. Yeah. <laughs> what, what time is it as we do this? Yes. May 2nd. So it comes May 2nd, and he's driving down I-95, 2 o'clock in the morning in his Ferrari, and hits a patch of water in the rain, spins out, hits a concrete barrier, and boom, this dude's got a, a cervical fracture. And... You know, it took the Bucks a week to, to send him to specialists and kind of figure out just what they were looking at. And the news isn't good. I mean, he's, he is going to be, you know, out four to five months. It's going to be 11 or 12 weeks before they can reevaluate him and even determine if he needs surgery or not. So you would think, you know, both the Bucks dealing with that uh, and then the possibility that it might impact their decision on McCoy, that pushed everything back a couple weeks, you know, because I, cause this thing was supposed to come to a head um, several weeks ago. And then Jason Pierre-Paul gets in the accident, okay? But the way the Bucks looked at it is, look, if McCoy's not a $13 million player before the accident, why would we pay him that now? Uh, we have other options. And, and so, um, you know, it, it came to a head finally on Monday, and, uh, you know, the Glazers had to obviously make the final decision. This is an ownership, ownership decision. But I also think that they don't release Gerald McCoy – unless their plan B is pretty much locked down, right? Like they've got somebody 
that they're about ready to sign in his place. And by all indications, that player looks to be in Domicon Sue. And that's going to be an interesting, an interesting signing. It really is, right? And, and as you always say, have the press conference. Well, have the press conference. And, and this is the thing, Bucks fans. You know, for all of you out there that just couldn't stand that Gerald was too nice a guy, that, you know, you didn't like that he helped up quarterbacks after he knocked them down, and, you know, he prays a lot and uh, does that thing at the 50-yard line before the game and, you know, sure does, sure does lose a lot of games with this football team and, um, you know, likes Batman and, and all this. And he wasn't Warren Sapp. He didn't have that nasty, you know, he didn't have that, that you know, that, that, that Sapp kind of nasty. Well, guess what? Here comes the anti-Gerald McCoy. And, and I've met Indomitian Sue. I don't have anything personal against the guy. There couldn't be two more different guys than Indomitian Sue and Gerald McCoy that play the same position and wear the same number and have since college. I mean, you know, first of all, they're not the same players. Sue is, is more of a, uh, you know, a broader – a more of a run stopper. I mean, we, we've already documented the fact that he's not the pass rusher that Gerald is. But on top of that, you go from a guy that everybody criticized for being too nice to a guy that, you know, was suspended for stomping on Evan Smith, which, by the way, Evan Smith is now no longer with the Packers. That happened on Thanksgiving Day one year. He's now with the Buccaneers. I mean, look, this, is, this, is Indomitian, this would be Indomitian Sue's fourth football team. Joe McCoy has played for one. Does that count for anything? Is there a reason why the Detroit Lions, I mean, maybe it was Sue's choice that he got, you know, he got paid to go to Miami and made a lot of money there. But the Dolphins eventually let him move on to the Rams, and now the Rams are going to let him move on to another team. So this is his fourth football team. McCoy's played for one. He's about to play for his second team. So something, there's some, something's there, right? And um, I, I don't know, you know, you have to do something because I'm here to tell you that defensive line, the way it's constructed now with Vita Vea, Sue to me is more like Vita Vea, you know what I mean, than, than, than Gerald McCoy. I mean, they're just different players. But you, you at least have a veteran guy, a guy that, you know, went to a Super Bowl a year ago. Um, he was drafted. It's ironic because, you know, the Bucks didn't get to make that choice. When he came out out of Nebraska, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, the Bucks were picking third, and he went second. And, and you wonder what they would have done had McCoy gone to the Lions. Would, did they prefer Sue over McCoy? I don't, I don't really know because we're going way back to 2000. Well, a different regime too. So Totally different regime, totally different defense. Mark Dominic was the, uh, uh, you know, the general manager at that time. All of those things. So we really don't know. But now, now they are in effect, if this happens, they are in effect choosing Indomitian Sue over Gerald McCoy because I think – in, whoever signs first, the other guy's getting the same deal. If Sue signs one year, $10 million, guess what Joe McCoy's contract's going to be? Unless, say, that it's the Patriots and, you know, they're going to pay him in, in championships. And they go, well, look, we don't have the, we don't have the money, but you know, would you come here and play for less than that? And get a ring. Because you can get a ring. And it's virtually assured that you're going to at least be in the AFC championship game. And so, you know, and, and I really believe that Gerald will take less to go to a team like that where he has his best chance of winning because he told me uh, a long time ago, he said, look, I, you know, for the first time in his career this past January, I guess it was almost February, but, or it was February, I guess, um, you know, he was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams. He'd never gone to the game. You know, a lot of those the guys go up that week and they're around the hoopla and they do endorsements and a lot of 
media and this sort of thing, usually sponsoring something like Gatorade or something like that. And McCoy went, but he actually he went to the game. And he said, he was like, hey, man, I got to get me some of that. Like, Mike, he can hear his clock ticking pretty loudly. He's 31 years old. You know, Warren Sapp played nine seasons here. This, this is, you know, he's definitely near the end of his career. Thinks he can play three or four more years. But for him, it's, it's not, you know, it's about, it's about his legacy. He doesn't want to go through his entire career. Now, here, here is, the, this is so Gerald McCoy that it's kind of funny, but um, this is true. So after Pierre Paul gets hurt, um, now suddenly McCoy is feeling bad about things because, you know, he's, he's given the Bucks sort of an ultimatum in a way, you know, why would I take less money to play here, play for a contender? But, but he has so many friends on this team, um, and he feels he, he doesn't want to be seen as abandoning them, <laughs> if you can believe all this. I mean, it's business. They're, cut, they're firing you, but you feel like somehow you might be abandoning them. Um, and we're talking about guys like Levante David and, you know, Vita Vea and, and, and some of these guys that he's gone to war with. And that's what football is, um, you know, that, that camaraderie that you build among teammates. And so he actually, you know, I think in his mind was like, hmm, you know, it, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't leave them at the high and dry. But I think, again, there's no coincidence here. Uh, the Bucks have to be very near to a deal with somebody, and it, it looks like it might be Sue. Um, but in any respect, you would not just cut Gerald McCoy without having a pretty good replacement, you know, in your mind anyway, that, uh, that you were going to sign here in the next few days. So I, I fully expect us to know what their plan is. You know, the other day Bruce Arian said, well, we've been – pretty you know pretty lucky in 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 my time in Arizona of of finding some good players there right at the end we all remember Dwight Freeney signing there uh with Arizona and and those kind of guys so you know this this will be uh sort of the replacement for uh for Joe McCoy whoever they bring in here next and I think it's going to be a player that that we recognize and it 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 certainly looks like in Domicon and if it's not uh I hope they've got a plan C because I don't think their football team got better and, and look, this is a critical, critical year. You know, everybody was sort of speculating that, especially after JPP, surely they would not cut ties with Gerald McCoy now. That isn't Bruce Arians here just to see what he can do to save or salvage Jameis Winston. Haven't they said this isn't a rebuild, it's a reload? And yet, Steve, you pointed out to me uh, correctly that if you really look at this in an objective way, it's not this year that they're going to have the opportunity to do some things. It's next year because so many of their players don't have guaranteed money next year. And their salary cap situation is going to be far, far better than it is this season. Yeah, with the exception of Donovan Smith and Mike Evans, mm-hmm. there's really no guaranteed money for next year committed uh, outside for guys balance. that are still on their rookie deal. So anybody That's who's right. in their first four seasons – but right. those are those are relatively small deals when you're talking a percentage of the cap. So, um, sure, and they're good players like OJ Howard and you know some of those mm-hmm. guys that and Vita uh, Vea and, and Vita Vea, you know, yeah. guys like that. But you know, you start looking at um, Ali Marpet. I think there's a fraction of his, a small fraction of his salary that might be guaranteed. Yeah, and he's at that probably point. okay. But Ryan Jensen has no guarantees. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. Um, you know, you're talking Demar Dotson. I think he's out of him as well. Um, you know, you've got uh, guys on the defensive side of the ball too. 
that are in that situation. I yeah, mean, Jason Pierre-Paul's not guaranteed next year. Levante David's not. Vernon Hargraves yeah. isn't. Cameron Brait, William Golston. Those are huge. Yeah, those are huge deals. You know, your top, your top. You know, what that's your top seven or eight guys you'd be bringing now bringing back only Evans and Donovan Smith, and then one point two million of Ali Marpet's contracted guaranteed. Right, and so now, that that is a, a good chunk. Right now, you don't have a quarterback under contract for next year. That's true. So you but still got to making... sign that. And Jameis, presumably, if you're going to franchise him, depending on what you decide this year, right? And you could sign him long term, or you may franchise him. So his would go up from you know 22 this year to you know 30 ish, 25 and a half, 25 and a half, 27 30, you know. somewhere in there. Yeah, he's going to get a boost, but it's not going to be like he's already getting almost 21 million dollars now. So it, it might be set. But remember this too: the cap goes up 10 years because of revenues. Mm-hmm. Cap goes up 10 million a year because the revenues go up every year in the NFL. So, you know, whatever the difference is for Jameis will, in effect, be a wash with what the increase in the salary cap will become just from the designated gross uh, revenues that go up every year in the NFL. So, uh, to your point, they're going to have a very, very, uh, uh, you know, fortunate salary cap position and could do a lot more in free agency. Mm -hmm. And they could drastically uh, change the roster next offseason. Exactly. Whereas they're pretty much stuck. I mean, they are stuck with what they have, a bunch of young guys that they've drafted that are first- and second-year players, a bunch of guys on one-year make-it contracts, you know, whether you're talking about Shaq Barrett or D1 Buchanan, um, these sort of guys. Uh, and, you know, and then they'll have to uh, – and then the rookies that they've, that they've taken and um, some of the undrafted guys and whatnot, and that's, that's what they got. They've they got to go play. And Sue, you know, if they, sign, if they sign a guy like Sue for $10 million, okay, so you save – three or so million there, you only need to cut one or two players and you're going to be able to sign, you know, your final draft picks and, uh, you know, Devin White and guys like this. Um, but I, I just don't see how they became a better football team. And I, and I, I would say that even if they're able to sign in Domicon Sue, you know, we'll, look, it's a different defense. It's a 3-4 versus a 4-3. Uh, we'll see how Vita Vea and, and whoever's next to him can work out together. Um, but they don't have anybody outside that's got more than six sacks and, you know, in Carl Nassib now, and you can't count on JPP. This is not a, uh, this is not a very good defense, at least on paper. So Todd Bowles has his work cut out for him, but it's, it's a, uh, you know, the, the, the reaction was kind of mixed. I was looking on Twitter at sort of what people were saying. And, um, you know, I, I talked to Gerald a couple years ago and, um, this was interesting. You know, he, he's always been a guy that above everything else is a great teammate, you know. And like I said, he took a lot of crap on, uh, needlessly because, you know, he came in here at a time when there were no veterans and he got hurt his first two years, so everybody labeled him immediately as a bust. And Sue actually played pretty well his first year. Um, and, you know, and, and so the comparison started early on between him and Sue, and um, it, it looked pretty bleak for a while. And then, you know, and then McCoy – started playing and was a great player for a while and a very good player pretty much ever since he's been here, but he did things the right way. But, you know, he did, he did other things like around the community. You talk Mm -hmm. about a great teammate. I mean, this guy ordered food trucks when they would go on the road and have joint practices, um, you know, like in Jacksonville or Tennessee, um, you know, they'd come back from a morning workout and, and there would be five or six food trucks, all kinds of stuff, Mexican and, um, you know, steaks or whatever it was and, 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 you know, different things, um, that the guys could choose from. He paid for all that for his whole team. And that, you're talking about 90 players now. And, and again, I'm not having a telethon for Gerald McCoy. He's made $100 million. He's good. He can afford this. 
But you know what? Other teammates weren't doing this. Mm-hmm. At Christmas time, he'd go around one buck place and he'd pass out gift cards to expensive restaurants. But you know who he gave it to? The equipment managers. He gave it to the trainers. He gave them to the media relations staff and the secretaries and the cafeteria workers. Those are the guys, that, the, the people that he sought out um, to, to share some, some, uh, some expensive dinners with. Then he would play Santa Claus every year. He'd pick 40 families from Metropolitan Ministries, and he'd personalize the gifts that, um, that would match the children's wish lists. And, and, and many times these were single-parent families. Um, certainly you know, they couldn't afford Christmas. He'd bring them to One Buck Place under the, the guise of they were just taking a tour, and then they'd walk out to the, you know, facility to look at that and there would be a christmas tree for every single family with their name on it and and those personalized gifts would be underneath that for all those kids uh, of those families and um i'm here to tell you there was the and he, and he did all this he also would have his is uh you know his football camp and he would pay for 500 not 100 but 500 kids to go to his youth football camp he didn't do it through a corporation like some other players do he wasn't getting paid to put it on where they just use his name and they go out there for a day, but they're really getting paid to do it. He, he scholarshiped all these guys out of his own pocket, you know, and he got teammates to come out there and he worked with these. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Guys, uh, and it was all free, and it was all something that he just wanted to do and give back. And so from a community standpoint, you know, Tampa Bay is not going to be a better place. It just isn't. No. And, 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 and you're not going to find a better teammate. There, there will be a loss in that locker room. I don't care who they bring in. Well, you saw Levante David's uh, tweets and social media posts tonight. Uh, he's not happy. And, and granted, these, these players know it's a business. What did he and, say? Because let me look Well, he just up. had the emoji, I, the angry face, the red-faced emoji yeah, is the tweet I yeah. saw right away. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that you know, and he's losing, you know, what they played together for what Levante David's been in the league, what, seven, eight years now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they've been together. And next? Th- th- those Look, are, Levante th- well, David yeah. it could be in the same place next year. Most likely will be. But, I mean, you know, the yeah. Bucks are going to have to make a decision. His contract's for $10.75 million next season, but it's not guaranteed. None guaranteed. That's right. So, you know, the Bucks are going to have to make a decision. Now, whether it'll be that decision or they'll decide to keep him, we'll see. But, yep. yeah, he is be, next next year. He'll be 30 years old, and he will have played nine seasons, just like Gerald McCoy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and, and I mean, there's going to be – and that's just – you know, that's Levante. Of course, he's played with them the longest, but there'll be other players too. I don't know that it's going to be well-received. i got to be honest with you. I mean, I think there'll be a lot of people questioning, you know, whether uh, they're really serious about winning um, this year. And, um, you know, but, again – is it shocking? No. Um, you know, does the tape say he's a $31 million player? Probably not. Um, but then again, on this team, you know, when you look at that defensive line as it's constructed now, and if your choice is, you know, in Damakon Sue, now if he won't take a pay cut, you know, and you need the salary cap money, that's, 
you know, that's certainly some that's that's a way you can go. Um, but I think that you know, you, you can't convince me that you're you're a better football team. But we'll see. I mean, you know, again, I the one thing they did for Gerald McCoy is for people who think he didn't have an edge, uh, he's got one now. And I can tell you that you know he has he's always worked hard in the off season. I mean, if you talk to Drew Brees, who works out with him, we get Drew Brees twice a year in a conference call, and uh, they're good friends. You know, he chases Brees around and has for many years in the NFC South. And he'll tell you, he says, you know, Gerald's a stud. They go out to Todd Durkin's place, who's a trainer in California, and they just get after it for weeks, weeks on end. And Gerald's been doing this for a number, of, pretty much his whole career. And but this year, you know, he 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 kind of knew he saw the writing on the wall. If you see his last interview after the final game last season, um, you can see that he's resigned himself that this is probably it for him. Didn't know for sure, but that's sort of what he thought. And you know, he told me, uh, you know, he's you know he's become a vegan. He's lost weight. He looks much much trimmer. You saw the Instagram post he made in Single de Mayo. Um, he's motivated. You know, uh, these guys all look for an edge. I don't care if you're talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady walks around and, and carries the little card of 199 where he was picked. And the Here's six quarterbacks six, ahead of him. Yeah, six – yeah, Gino Carmazzi and guys like that. I mean, six Super Bowl rings later, he's still finding that edge. He's, he's using that as his fire, right? And, um, you know, and now Gerald McCoy – certainly has has it lit i mean his he says his, you know his knees feel better than they ever have um, wants to play three or four more years it, and and he's absolutely going to bring it and you know as former players love to do uh, go against their former team so if he ends up in the nfc south or on the buck schedule at all that's going to be a uh you know a very interesting game and, and quite frankly over the years the bucks have not fared well in revenge games i can tell you that i remember John Lynch in his first season at Denver, he made four more Pro Bowls um, on a fourth down, stuffed Mike Allstott, uh, and the game was over at that point in the final drive. And we know Keyshawn Johnson came in here and caught a couple touchdowns for Carolina. You know, it, you can go on and on. I mean, they've, there's always been uh, in this league, you know, revenge games, and and uh, usually usually the player that's that's left town is the one that gets it. But um, you know, there's a chance that he lands on the schedule somewhere whether it's this year or next and uh, we'll see how he fares but um yeah it's uh it's it's not going to be one that's going to be well received and um like and it I said, shouldn't I mean, be the, well received look breaking be, breaking up no. is never easy no. whether it's whether it's no. football i mean we all know that in sports for the most part every ending is ugly very, it is. very few it people is. go off like john elway and win a super bowl and retire and, and, and play very the well in the super the, bowl Right. Usually, the greater the player, the more likely it is they won't finish their mm-hmm. their career there because because somebody will you know look we always say this right I mean Joe Namath was a Ram, you know what I'm saying I mm-hmm. mean like Emmett Smith I was at his last game, it was for the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, he played the Bucks. It was brutal. Um, you Joe know, Montana, on on. you know, yeah. was the Kansas yeah. City Chief. Brett Favre went was traded to the Jets and ended up with the Vikings for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, which was a rival team of the Packers. He played well. He's in, he had the NFC Championship game. If not for Bounty Gate, probably would have gone back to the Super Bowl and maybe won it. Um, but yeah, there's always there's there, you can go on and on with with great players in in, uh, in all sports. You know, Willie Mays is a Met. I mean, you know, you can, you can do this all night. But um, you know, I think that it, that that 
you know, sometimes the, the better player tends to stay at the party too long. Um, but by the same token, I think Joe McCoy still has football left in him. And uh, it's just, you know, now we're just arguing over value. But whether it's $10 million in Domicon Sue or $13 million to Joe McCoy, uh, you know, he his imprint is already on this franchise. And he'll when he does talk, he'll say the right things. He'll thank the Glazers. He had a good relationship with them. Look, he said it at, at the end of last season. He said, you know, they took a guy from Oklahoma – and third overall, I got hurt my first two years. He tore both biceps. They, you know, they stood by him and and gave him an opportunity. He made him made it work. They weren't able to win. He's endured. Uh, this would have been his what fifth head coach. He's probably had uh, well over a dozen defensive line coaches and probably seven or eight defensive coordinators. But many of them not doing the right things with him, and he didn't complain. He just went out there and played. And he would have played in this defense too if they if they'd have given him a chance. But um, you know, Gerald's uh Gerald's gonna move on and he's gonna be fine. And the question is now, are you confident if you're the Bucks uh fans that Jason Light and Bruce Arians are, are gonna get this right? You know, are they are they gonna bring somebody in um that will play as good or better uh, than McCoy and do they do they have that person? And I would guess that we'll know about that probably in the next at least 48 to 72 hours, just who, who they have targeted for that. You would hope so. And, and you know, at, at the same time, too, and, you know, the news is happening today on, you know, May 20th, you know, when you're finding this out. But realistically, Jason Light and Bruce Arians probably made this decision months ago. I think so. You know, this, this isn't something that they woke up today and said, okay, now, you know, we got to make a decision that, you know, this was part of their plan all along going into the draft, or at least you would have to assume. That going into the draft, they knew this uh, probably well before that, that they weren't willing to pay Gerald McCoy $13 million. It's not that you don't want him on your team. It's You're not willing to pay him $13 million based on the salary cap, the team you have, and the situation you have and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and I, I also got to wonder about this. And, and there's just no easy way. This is just pure speculation on my part. There's no easy way to say this. But I think they had Gerald fatigue. To be honest with you, I think that the debate about McCoy and the fact that he was always going to be the guy that we ran to, and he hated that, by the way. I mean, it wasn't his fault that he was, for years and years, the best player on a on a crappy football team. I mean, it is a team sport after all. Okay, now one guy cannot determine its fortunes. I mean, Gerald McCoy, I think, has played the longest for the Bucks. Now, think about what I'm about to tell you here. Gerald McCoy played the most games for the Buccaneers without playing in a playoff game. More than Paul Gruber, um, you know. I mean, you you can name some of the some of the great Bucks of all time that didn't play in playoffs. Nobody has played in more games than Gerald McCoy without playing in a Buccaneers playoff game. That's saying something, because he's been a pretty good player. But because we would run to him, because he felt like he had to say something, and he was for many many years the face of the entire franchise, not just the defense. Um, and he would try to reinvent himself and be positive and, and, and all those things. And, and I think, you know, people got, got fatigued. I mean, they got, I think, I think as an organization, you know, you're bringing in Devin white and he's a young guy from LSU. He's very confident. He's 21 years old. You're going to put him in the middle of that defense. You're going to tell him it's his defense. Would it be easier if Gerald McCoy wasn't here? Um, you know, I'm just saying, like, is is there a part of the Bucks or Bruce Arians, you know, that are about, well, we want to change the culture. We want tough guys or we want, you know, um, uh, 
more vocal guys or, you know, we want some grinders or whatever it is that, that, you know, these buzzwords you hear, everybody wants to quote, change the culture. Maybe they just felt like they needed a different face on defense. You know, they needed to clear the deck, if you will. Um, so that a guy like, you know, Devin White's personality can come out and there's no question about who's leading that defense. I know Levante David is still there, but you know what? The rest of those guys are all just a bunch of young guys. And if Jason Pierre-Paul is not going to be in that huddle, you know, who is going to speak up? Do you want somebody more demonstrative than McCoy? So you just, you know, it's everybody has a different flavor, man. When you, when you This is what happens when – um, when when players get old, and it's also what happens when you change coaches, and so I I agree with you, Steve. I don't think from the get go, from the get go, I don't believe that Arians was a big Gerald McCoy guy. Well, he wouldn't have you know? said what he said back at the owners' meetings. No, absolutely not. If they if they had an, if they if their intention was to keep Gerald McCoy, right? And he played against them. He watched tape of the guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Jason Light knows him better than anybody. Hell, he's the one that signed him to the new contract. Yep. You know that that he's now reneging on. So, you know, it, this is not this is not a secret about who Gerald McCoy is and how he will fit in Todd Bowles' defense and and all that stuff. You bring up an interesting point though about if if possibly they wanted to change the culture. And and I'll say this that you want to change the culture and and, and it probably needs it and that's what every manager coach that's what you you know you're trying to set your culture in that but. Gerald McCoy last season was not voted a captain, and that didn't cause a problem. I mean, he gracefully stepped back and said, it's okay, I'm not a captain. You know, isn't that the type of guys you want on your team? Well, you do, but then again, ask yourself this. What were the players saying by not voting him captain? Well, sure, but I mean, but it's not like he caused a stink about it, and he still went out and played well, and, yeah, you know, I mean, that that's what you want on, a, on, a, on your team, I would think. I mean, and... You know, look, new coaching staff it buys you a lot of leeway. It buys you a lot of grace. Period. Where you know, when you make, you cut a player like this, you you get some slack because you're trying to set your defense, your team, your this. And 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 at the end of the day, let, I mean, it still comes down to the money. It's still the thirteen million dollars that was on his contract that was not guaranteed that was signed. What was it, four or five years ago? Yeah, they they basically made it a, a three year deal or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, this was the poison year, and and they were saying by by not guaranteeing it. I always say this: Look, the NFL they don't have guaranteed contracts, but they guarantee money. So if a guy signs a a two year, uh, you know, twenty million dollar contract, or no, let's let's say this: If he signs a four year, forty million dollar contract and twenty million dollars is guaranteed, what did he just sign? A two year, twenty million dollar contract. Yep. In other words. The contracts, you know, take the number of amount of guarantee money and divide that by a number of years, right? If, if, if there's guaranteed money in the third year, it's a three-year deal. If it's guaranteed money in just two years, it's a two-year deal. And, and, and forget what the total value of it is that they'll never see. Uh, and this was the case with Gerald McCoy. I mean, the, the last contract he signed had that when he got to be 31 years old, they, they could absolutely walk away and it cost them nothing against the salary cap. So... Um, they sort of did make that decision when they signed him to the new deal. And, you know, he didn't, he did not play it, but it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's certainly one-sided when it comes to contracts in the NFL, but they could change that with the CBA if they want to. I'll tell you one guy that's not happy about this, and I'll get into more of it um, maybe as we go along this week, Warren Sapp. Um, especially if they sign in Domicon Sue, Warren Sapp is not a fan of that move. 
Um, you know, in some ways, Gerald McCoy is his guy, and I think McCoy probably suffered more from, um, you know, the shadow that Sapp cast under that over that position. You know, all he had to do is be compared to a first ballot Hall of Fame player at the same position, and that was never going to happen. But uh, you know, I th- I think at the end end of the day, um, you know, Sapp really liked him and thought he was a good player. And if they bring in Sue, who he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was telling me to he was, we were going back and forth a little bit first on Twitter or uh, on in texting and then on the phone and I hope I'm not I'm talking a little out of school here but I really don't care I don't think Sap cares he just said that uh, if they bring if they bring in Indomitian Sue he says take my name down <laughs> oh <laughs> he was like yeah he, he he's just not a fan he's not a fan of the guy mm-hmm. um, for for a lot of different reasons but. He did like Gerald, and uh, and he's surprised by this. Um, at the end of the day, he thought that, you know, if they're going to pay anybody uh, to come in here and, and play that position, they should probably just stick with Gerald. But you know what? This is business, and it's the old North Dallas Forty thing. Every time I say it's a game, you say it's a business. I say it's a game, you know, et cetera. So um, I say it's a business. You say it's a game. So well, I think we're going to find out what Gerald said, you know, in previous interviews, and I'll paraphrase, but basically, they're going to miss me when I'm gone. They are, and they I, I think are. I, I think you know the fans are mixed on Gerald, and it has been for years. They are. You know, some yeah. that love him and some that have never liked him, or for yeah. whatever reason. And I think the biggest reason is is they compare him to Warren Sapp, which is an unfair comparison. I do. I do too. Um, they play the yeah. same position, but they're different players completely, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. style. And and Gerald McCoy is a fantastic player. He's right. not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but not many are. Right. You know, but. You know, I, I think you're gonna re- you're gonna realize how much Gerald's meant to this team when he's elsewhere, or you know, eventually retired as well. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be things that 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 you may not see, or or, or be able, it might be as tangible as as how many plays a guy makes, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, I think it is something that you'll appreciate mm-hmm. what he did um, the longer he's away than 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 when he's here. And he told me that a couple of years ago when we were in Jacksonville. Here's what I liked about uh, about the release is that uh, you know, boy, I just keep reading this. They mutually agreed to part ways. <laughs> well, how does that mutual. work? Mutual. Mutual. I, I believe. I believe to- the conversation probably is, I'm under contract for 13 million. Well, we're not going to pay you that. Well, mm-hmm. I'm under contract for 13 million. Okay, you're fired. Yeah, but I mean, that's not that's that's unilateral, isn't that's it? That's not I mean, mutual. <laughs> yeah, mu- mutual. <laughs> I mean, mutual is uh, mutual of Omaha. It's it's an insurance company. You got mutual is when, you know, I mean, they make it sound it's a euphemism for fired. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not like they, as I wrote in the paper. I mean, it's not like or online. It's not like they 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 were like, well, you know, time for me to go. They're at some intersection, and one guy I knows he's got to go. This is not this is not uh, Casablanca. You know, this isn't one of those goodbyes where, uh, you know. You have one of those things. I mean, this is this is sort of you're getting fired. You know, they could have said he was released, and that would make sense because he's been in the bondage of a losing franchise. But they didn't say that. They the, the mutual mutually agreed to part ways. You mutually agreed not to pay me what we had mutually agreed to pay. I mean, the mutual agreement came when he signed the contract. That's a mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. When you fire somebody and say I'm not going to pay the contract that we mutually agreed on, that is not mutually agreeing on anything. You are unilaterally saying, I am not going to pay you what we mutually agreed to. So you are reneging on the mutual agreement. You are not mutually agreeing to part ways from the mutual agreement. 
you are one guy is willing to perform under those terms, right? So you fired the guy. <laughs> so just, you know, we have released Gerald McCoy is pretty much what they needed to say. I realized that he wasn't going to take less of a salary, you know, to stay here. So from that standpoint, he, he agreed that it would be better if he left if they're not going to pay him $13 million. But the actual mutual agreement was the one that said he gets $13 million for 2019. Um, but that's that's just business. It's just semantics. I know I know what they're doing here. Look, they'll leave his they'll leave his friends. He'll come back to the mm-hmm. stadium. He's got a good he'll be he'll be in the ring of honor as soon as he retires. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I and I think I hope then that fans uh you know give him what he deserves in terms of uh, of an ovation and, and 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 all that because he deserves it. He's represented the community well. He's represented the city well. It wasn't an easy thing to come in as a twenty twenty one year old from Oklahoma. Um, you know, who uh, who had no veteran leadership here on this team whatsoever and go through some of the t- things, the tough times that he went through and come out the other side. So good luck to Joe McCoy. I'm sure we'll hear from him in a couple of days. We'll hear from Bruce Arians tomorrow or no, today, later today at the uh, uh, at the organized team activities. We'll have access to them and to some of the players. We'll get their reaction to Joe McCoy not being with the Bucks anymore. And then, of course, uh, check TampaBay.com uh, all day for any updates on who they plan to replace him with, which I'm fairly convinced they know who that is. And if it's in Damakon Sioux or whoever, we'll bring you that as well. So we've got uh, all that to look forward to. In the meantime, um, we got the Tampa Bay Rays in a pretty good series against, I don't know, Steve, maybe the, one of the best teams in baseball in the L.A. Dodgers. I think they are. I mean, either them or the Astros right now would be the best team in baseball. And you're getting Clayton Kershaw playing at the Trop, which doesn't happen every year. So, Goodness gracious. And they got a hell of a pitching staff. I mean, the the one uh, the one guy uh, Rue, he's like their their ace now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the way he's throwing. Yep. Um, the, the the Korean guy, but um, yeah, this is this is a good ball club that can hit. Um, I think that uh, you know, coming off the Yankee series, they they obviously need to get it going again at the Trop and and get well against a good baseball team. Hopefully, you know, for their sake, I would think a lot of people would want to come out and watch the Dodgers. I know school's still in session and it's you know in the middle of the week and that sort of thing. But, listen, they go from a quick two-game set here, right? It's just two games mm-hmm. at the drop with yep. the Dodgers. And then they're on the road for four at Cleveland, which will not be an easy series for them there. No, it's kind of a bizarre schedule. I mean, you come home for two games on the road for four, and then you're back home again starting Memorial Day for a homestand. Yeah. So it's kind of a bizarre schedule this week. But, yeah, Clayton yeah. Kershaw tonight against Hunter Wood as the opener. Hunter Wood, the opener. There you go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jalen Beeks will probably get a lot of the bulk innings either tonight or tomorrow night. Okay, because they they don't hit lefties as well as righties. The Dodgers, if they, it, I don't, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but they definitely uh, hit right-handed pitching better than they do lefty. So I'm guessing. I mean, the Dodgers will get two openers in two nights essentially because Snell's not ready to come back and Morton just pitched. Yep. Right? Yeah, I would assume probably yeah. a, a Stanek or you know potentially yeah. Hunter Wood goes back to back days just to open. You know, it depends on what happens on Tuesday. So you'll need some bulk from somebody, whether it's Chirinos or somebody like they that. They may call up Brian Yarbrough picks. for a lefty to have another lefty That's who can true. go long. To, he's been pitching well in Durham, so you could call mm-hmm. him up and uh, use him as a bulk guy on Wednesday potentially. Right. Yeah. No. All that's good. It's going to be a going to be a good series. So we'll uh, we'll be talking about that on the podcast as well, and we also might get a visit from our good friend uh, Chris Torello coming up here. Yeah, he was supposed uh, to be but, on today, but with the Gerald McCoy news, we've pushed that back. So. Yeah, but you don't want to miss him. Of course, from Spectrum Sports 360, played in the uh, the media game. You want to hear all about that, how they almost tried to kill Clayton Kershaw with some foul balls. 
when he was thrown off the mound the other day. So that's interesting. Uh, so we'll talk about that and uh, also what else is going on in the world of sports uh, with uh, not not just the Rays but the Bucks and uh, and then of course uh, and when you get a Mike Francesa visit and talk a little NBA and some of those things. So good guest Chris Torello will be uh, with us here again tomorrow. Speaking of the NBA, Golden State became the only the second team ever to make five straight finals. Because they they uh, swept Portland in overtime for Game Four, but uh, the Celtics from I think fifty seven to sixty six went to the finals. What is that? Ten seasons in a row. Yeah. So the Warriors only the second team to do it five times in a row. It's incredible. It's a dynasty. Look, they're doing it without KD. I I think it's ridiculous. All these people saying, "Oh, oh, this is uh, terrible for KD. It's his worst nightmare. They're going to win one without him." Look, they won a couple without him as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a deep team. It, they they they're champions. They're world champions. They know how to get it done. Steph Curry has stepped up his game. It's not that you know he just didn't he didn't have to do it with KD on the floor. I mean, he did enough. Um, but he could always was always capable of doing more, as was the rest of the team. This is a world championship team. I mean, um, they know how to win, and this we're going to look back and, and and they're approaching a mega dynasty status now. I don't know that, it, that anybody in the East, whether it's Milwaukee or Toronto, I don't know that anyone's going to win that series over Golden State without even without uh, Kevin Durant. So, um, boy, we're watching something that uh, that is rare. And that is, uh, you know, Golden State just plowing through people back to another, uh, another NBA final, which is, um, which is pretty exciting if you're a Golden State fan. I know those people out there are probably getting a little spoiled at this point, um, haven't had a, a dynasty in, in in the Bay Area since the 49ers uh, have done something like this. So they're pretty spoiled. But uh, you but had yeah, the Giants so, that went to the World Series every other year for. They won three out of six. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, every even number year I think they were going to the series. <laughs> it was yeah, while. exactly right. Yeah, they won the even number of years. You're right. So yeah, they've had they've had some champions out that way. So it'll be uh be a good series, I guess. We'll see how it winds up whether it's uh, Milwaukee or Toronto, but yeah, Golden State on their way. So lots to talk about uh the rest of the week. Uh and remember folks, uh, I know you have a choice of air conditioning companies. It's that time of year you want to get your air conditioner serviced or maybe you need to replace it. Go see our friends at Millionaire. They're currently offering Zero percent interest for seventy-two months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at seven two seven eight six two twenty one hundred. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.